We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So you may have started noticing that there's some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not actually beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They'll also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. See, what you may not know is that most plastic isn't actually recyclable anymore, and the plastic you throw in a recycling bin actually just gets sent to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. So go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with our store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday, P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what is up green bay packers fans welcome back to another edition of the pack a day podcast the three and one edition of the pack a day podcast the down goes tom brady up next down goes the patriots three-in-one edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I am your host, Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley, and I am joined this lovely evening by my co-host, Ross Uglum. Ross, how are you, man? How does three-in-one feel? 
better than two and two or better than two, one and one, right? Is that, is that the answer you were looking for? Yeah, it has to be, right? Four and one, four and one would be real sweet, but uh, I guess we could start there. Going, looking at the first quarter of this season, Ross, kind of right where we expected this team to be. You know, you kind of expected them to drop one. And I think people looking, I think people looking at the start of the season would have said, hey, they'll they'll beat Minnesota, they'll beat Chicago, they'll probably lose to Tampa in Tampa, and they'll probably beat New England three and one. Um, obviously, we didn't quite get that because they did not show up re- week one in Minnesota. <laughs> but here they are still sitting at three and one. Right. And, you know, that's three and one tied for first in the division with the game still against the Vikings. I guess the Vikings are technically up half a game right now. But as we, of course, know, they still have to play in Lambeau. So, you know, I think all things considered, this is it's fine. Uh, and I think, Ross, the most exciting thing and um, for this team is there's really only one way for them to go. They haven't – they've played a, a pretty frustrating brand of football, I think is fair to say, thus far this year. I think uh, it was Dan Orvlowski that said and, point, and brought it up that this offense actually is second in the National Football League in explosive plays, in explosive passing plays, and uh, in, in overall plays as well. So that seems – odd to me and I guess my question for you Ross is when you hear that when you hear that this Packers offense is the second most explosive offense by the numbers in the National Football League you feel how about that uh yeah I mean it it makes sense um although I bet it's odd uh who those players are that are that are getting the explosives um, just because I think it's a lot of like Alan Lazard and other slow guys. <laughs> I don't know how many of the, um, you know, speedsters actually have the explosive plays. Uh, you know, Christian Watson's touchdown being a handoff, Romeo dubs, not hauling in any of his deep targets, just, you know, hauling the in. Sammy- yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like it's the Sammy Watkins catch, a couple of Alan Lazard catches, a couple of Randall Cobb catches, but yeah, yeah. they're they're getting it done. And it is funny because it's not – Yeah, they're guys young. that can actually run are not the ones that are on the right. same page with the quarterback yet. Yeah, and it, it is interesting. And also to kind of go with my point is that's kind of exciting though too because yes. these young guys are yes. only going to get better and they only are getting better. We're, we are seeing Romeo Doves become – a household name before our very eyes, Ross, before our very eyes. I mean, the secret, I think if you watch the NFL, if you are someone that pays attention via, you know, fantasy football or whatever it is, Romeo is is one of the hot young names in the NFL right now because of what he's done on the field. Now, this is not really a secret. If you've been a loyal Packaday podcast listener, you would probably know that Ross and I have been uh, maybe uh, kind of fans of Romeo Dubs since prior to even April, um, as well as, you know, Christian I, Watson and these I would guys. guess this is – if you put our composite rankings of Dubs and Watson pre-draft, pre-the Packers taking them, pre-any of it, if you took our composite rankings of Dubs and Watson and put them against the rest of draft universe, it's us. 
And so we have we have a few chips on the table here. We we you you and I are somewhat invested in this, uh, and we are hoping that we were right and that Brian was right. Yeah, and early returns are are pretty nice. They really are. Um, but you know that's that's neither here nor there, and uh, we we will see. Time will tell, as it always does. Uh, the young guys are showing out and showing up, kind of the way you would want them to, and kind of the way you would expect them to. And I think Rogers, Aaron Rogers, even put it out there early in this season that we're going to need to have patience with these young kids, and we're seeing it because it has been a bit of a roller coaster at times. You see the ups and you see the downs. But one thing that I think has been very impressive about about both of these young receivers in uh, Dubs and Watson is just their resilience to continue to strive to make plays. Uh, and I think Dubs, especially in this last game, it would have been very easy for him uh, to be down on himself, to be upset that, I mean, that's a huge moment. That is a huge moment if he catches that ball. And if you think the Romeo Dubs hype is high right now, imagine if he catches that second touchdown pass for the win against uh, the Jones kid who PFF freaking loves at the cornerback position, who he he just clean beat on that deep pass. Um, you know, it would have been easy for him to really be upset with himself and to maybe let that pile up, pile up. And you see it all the time in the NFL. A guy makes a mistake, and that mistake turns into two, three mistakes. And then before you know it, they're on the bench, and it takes them three weeks to get their mental state back to where they needs to be, especially for these young guys. But no, uh, Dubs comes out on the game-winning drive, and is on the same page. And that's that's the underrated part of this as well. You might say, well, the two catches that he had in the overtime drives were just quick little, basically, run plays. Yes, yeah. but those are those are checks. Those are things that he, where he has to see it. Rogers has to see it. They have to be on the same page to complete those things, and they were. Well, not only that, and, but like that happens fast. I mean, you, people mm-hmm. think that it's just whatever, but you you have to catch the ball, secure it, and make a play, all in two and a half seconds. I mean, it's. I know that it looks like off coverage and that it looks so simple and that it's a layup and that's why they do it, but it takes concentration and and burst and the ability to handle the football. I mean, if he screws up the exchange or it gets punched out or like if that's a that's a two fumble in one game, that's a that's a that's nightmare fuel, you know, and so for him to secure the catch and get the required yardage and do the things that he's supposed to do in those situations. It's big time. I like those plays too, for those young guys, because that is, it is reactionary and it is fast where these guys just don't really have to think it's, Oh, okay. Ball's coming to me. Boom. Catch it and go. And that's the second one that he caught that really got them into field goal range. Ross, he ran that thing angry. Like he lowered his shoulder and picked up an extra three or four yards. I almost felt like he was he was a little bit upset. He was taking out his uh, his aggression and how upset he was about the to drop in the end zone on that run. Um, so that's that's really exciting stuff. And you know, all things considered, this this draft for the most part looks like they're they've got some dudes. Um, there is you know there is there is a conversation to be had. Uh, and we might as well have it, Ross, because they drafted Quay, they drafted Wyatt to come in there and play in the front seven, right? Wyatt's not playing. 
And they drafted Quay so they could sit in nickel all day long. That was kind of the idea. That was what was relayed to us, not under the table. That was very clearly stated, like, hey, we want to play nickel. We want this kid to be on the field so we can just sit in nickel and be able to defend the pass and the run. Problem is, they haven't done a very good job of defending the run, even with him on the field. And, Ross, can you kind of walk me through why you think? Why is that? Why do you think that is? Is it just Joe Barry making the wrong calls? Is it the players uh, getting blown off the ball? Or is it just see all of the above? Yeah, I mean, as with most, most things, um, it's a combination. that It's somewhere in the middle. Uh, you know, I have – no love for the Barry hire. I've been critical of it since day one. I have maintained that stance that I, I wouldn't have done that. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, they're in a situation where he shouldn't be playing cover four shell. <laughs> they're, they're in a situation where um, they should be, you know, challenging receivers at the line of scrimmage when there's no reason to trust the quarterback. They're in a position where they definitely should be playing single high and deploying one more guy against the run, not playing down a gap, which, you know, they've, they've done often. Uh, Cause the way that that two, two high shell or four high shell, if you count the corners works is you bait the other team into running and then your super awesome safeties fly downhill so fast that it's almost like you're playing an eight-man box because they're so active coming downhill against the run, and that's how your defense works. Is It looks like a six-man box. You beg the other team into run. You stop the run twice, and all of a sudden it's third and eight, and now it's, you're in good shape. The Packers don't have those safeties, and frankly, they don't have those linemen. Like There were some times – and I get it. Like a double team is hard. And I would argue that Barry's not putting Dean Lowry in the best position to succeed, but where Lowry's just, I mean, just getting completely dog walked down the field and, and move five, six yards on his knees one time, just sliding uh, down the field. And he just, I don't know, man. Um, uh, they need guys to be nastier in the trenches. They need Quay to fit a run, fit a run, one fit one run. Um, and they need Devondre to be Devondre again. I don't know what has gone on there, but uh, at the same time, they, especially against teams that are down to their, basically their running game only, which by the way, they have another one coming uh, in, in, New, in New York with two dinged up quarterbacks of their own. You have to just throw your normal tendencies out the window and understand that these guys are going to line up, try to ram the ball down our throats, and they might not be able to throw it if they can't do that. So, yeah, maybe I'm going to commit eight, nine guys to the run on first down because I know that run's coming. And even if not, I still kind of trust my my corners on an island when it's Bailey freaking zappy. I, I don't know. I, stressful. Didn't love it. Didn't not would not recommend I don't know about everyone listening, but after a long day of work, I just need to come home to a nice, refreshing tall boy to ease my stress. 
I actually just had three or four last night, if I'm being honest. No, not those tall boys. A refreshing tall can of liquid death was exactly what I needed. If you've noticed a new tall boy can in the water section that looks like a beer or an energy drink, it's actually liquid death, a mountain spring water from the Alps that comes in still, sparkling, or in three different flavors. Try the lime, trust me. Why is the water called liquid death, you ask? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. There's just something special about grabbing an ice cold can of liquid death, hearing the pop when you open it, and quenching your thirst with the best tasting still or sparkling water on the market. I honestly could not go back to bottles even if I wanted to. As I mentioned, I can't recommend the Sparkling Lime Liquid Death enough. It has the perfect lime flavor to go with a crisp, refreshing finish. It's also the best water to mess with just about everyone you know, as they probably think you're chugging a beer in your car or a work meeting at about 9am. Seriously guys, check this product out. I've been absolutely loving it and I know you will too. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And the other thing, too, is... You look at this game and you you look at the pick that Rodgers threw, which was single-handedly the worst play, I think, of his career, without a doubt. It, at that situation in the game, I don't know what you gained by even completing that pass with 20-some seconds left. I think it still would have been fourth down. I just – I don't understand the the thought process and then, and then the throw is even worse. And that's what you get. And that's what you get. And – Luckily for for us, that's only the fourth time Rodgers has done that in his career. Uh, but that was the worst one at that point in the game. So that was on. But you take that off the board. This defense gives up 17 points. And then if you 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 don't give them the freebie touchdown with three seconds of the d- delay a game, that's another touchdown off the board. You know, alleged, you know, so we would think. I don't know what down that was. It might have they might have had another shot at it. it definitely it was probably first and fifteen, I think. Okay, so they still very well could have scored on that, but still, um, you look at that it though, and I think this twenty. Yeah, it would anyway, have. you're right. Anyway, yeah, that, but we digress. It doesn't matter at this point. Right. It just is a bummer. Uh, but the point is, is that game could have very easily been 
31 to 14, that type of game where it doesn't feel close at all. It doesn't go to overtime. They win by two scores. And I think you go back to the Tampa game and it's kind of the same story where it's like, well, if they just did one more thing, if one more thing would have went their way, this game would have been completely different. It's just that stuff. And I'm not saying that it's not their fault because it is. It's the Packers' fault. They're the ones doing the shooting of the foot. They need to clean that stuff up. But that's all to say, if they do and you expect them to, because Matt LaFleur is a very good coach, Aaron Rodgers is a very good football player, they should be able to clean that stuff up. These young these young players that are contributing in big spots should only get better with time. Uh, you would expect this team to kind of start turning the corner. And as far as the offense being able to move the ball, I mean, that's a pretty pretty rough stretch of, of defensive uh, teams that you have to play. I mean, I know the Bucks just got lit up by Patrick Mahomes and company, but man, if Mahomes is one side, side note, if Mahomes is playing like that, no one's going to beat them. Just no one's going to beat them. Like he was on one. Uh, but the Bucks are still a very good defensive team. Uh, they were tough to move the ball against. Uh, Bill Belichick is still the defensive guy in New England. Uh, that guy doesn't exist in New York. And that this, to me, could very much be a, a kind of get-on-track type game for the offense where they stop doing the stuff where they're shooting themselves in the foot. They stop making the, the stupid mistakes, the stupid fumbles, the drops in the end zones, all that stuff. And they can just get on track and put up 30-some points and let this defense really play the way it is geared to be playing. And that is getting after the quarterback and defending the pass. That is how this defense is built. This defense was not really built to stop the run. Do you have to stop the run in the National Football League? Of course you do. But that's just not the way teams are really built nowadays. And, uh, you know, to to the Packers' credit, though, as well, they, they stopped the run in the last couple of games when they absolutely had to. Um, so that's, that is encouraging as well. Um, but moving, moving on from the defense, and let's kind of look at the offense because Coach LaFleur said something really interesting today when he was asked point blank, does your best starting five include Yosh at right tackle? And LaFleur basically said, that is something that, what do you say? That is something that we probably definitely have looked at or something like that. But he, I know he used probably and definitely, definitely in back to back, back to back words, which is interesting. Um, but Ross, I, I, I got to ask you then, your your left to right offensive line, this is something we've done before. Four weeks into the season, we've seen these guys play um, with Elton, you know, kind of struggling a little bit at right tackle. Does that change anything for you, what you would do next week for this team? And I'm talking, I'm not talking big picture, long term. I'm talking, what is your starting five look like next week going to London? Yeah, and the funny thing is, is I gave a different answer to this last week um, because it was kind of like a Elton will be fine thought process. And and I, I don't even know that that has changed that much. Like, I don't know that I feel less like Elton will be fine. I kind of still feel like Elton will be fine. But it was kind of what he did well and, and like, what Green Bay is struggling to do, and that's run block. And I know, you know, they they – had a decent amount of yards in this game, but a lot of that came after contact. Um, a lot of that was on the back of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon just being really good football players. Um, ultimately, I think his ability to move guys is going to be more useful at guard. And, and frankly, what he's struggling with these ed rushes, these speed rushes, like that'll be more protected at guard. And you've got Yosh, who has proven to be pretty good and uh, Zach Tom who's been 
who's proven to be better than that. Now, look, Zach Tom, um, you go through the list of, of issues, uh, small sample size, uh, preseason sample size, uh, but I've, I've not ever seen bad football from him. And, and I'm not saying that, like, it's a guarantee that he'll work out, but I would like to see it. I would like to um, give it an opportunity to happen. I don't know necessarily that, you know, he needs to be the starter at right tackle Rioche, but you have that other option as well. And um, I, I would not move John Runyon. And I know that's something that people have talked about. I, I would leave him at left guard. I would at least for a week, try Elton at right guard, sit Royce. I, I know that he has been okay or better or whatever, you know, adjective you want to call him. But for right now, I would sit Royce. Um, I would move Elton to right guard and flip a coin between Yosh and, and Zach Tom at right tackle. I know they're not going to flip a coin. They're going to play Yosh if they're going to move somebody. But right, yeah, I'm just talking about what I would do. And the only thing, I mean, that's what's interesting to me about all of that is since Elton Jenkins has re-entered the lineup at right tackle, the Packers have ran the ball to the right side of the line of scrimmage 66% of the time. And I think their their total yardage is around like the same. 66, 68% of their yardage in the run game has come behind uh, Elton and Royce. Those are the yeah. two guys that I think can really get after it in the run game. So that would, you know, you're talking about, okay, are you weakening then your running game by moving Elton to guard and Yosh, you know, Yosh is not really moving people in the run game either, you know, and then that's the other thing with Brunyan. And I agree with you, Ross, like I do agree with you. If you have a guy like Runyon who just doesn't get beaten pass protection, like that guy doesn't come off the field. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Packers move Elton to left guard and kept Royce at right guard and put Yosh out there at right tackle. Just because it, it seems like they've they've just reading the tea leaves, it seems like they've looked for every which way they could they can to get Royce on the field, and it seems like they have looked for every avenue to get Runyon off the field. And you go back to training camp where all of a sudden, you know, inexplicably. Zach Tom is taking reps at left guard and Runyon is on the bench. And that came kind of as a shock to all of us because Runyon has been nothing but solid since he's come into this league. And it seems like they want nothing to do, but to replace him. And I don't really get that, but I guess you'd have to talk to the coaches on that one. And, you know, that's all to say, maybe we're just, maybe I'm just reading too much into it. Maybe they love Runyon, you know, and, and, and they're, they're super thrilled with him. That could very much be the case as well. Uh, but it, it is it's interesting and it's it's a topic that continues to get brought up because one it's a super interesting topic two it's a super important topic and three they have guys on the bench that we think are quality NFL players that I think a lot of us think the best five have not really been or the best five won't be starting unless Yosh is out there at one of the tackle spots because he's been pretty good since he's been in the league or since he's been inserted to this lineup. He has not been good since he's been in the league. He was pretty bad uh, his first couple of years, but uh, he's a guy they've developed and turned into a quality NFL offensive tackle. So it is a, a super, super interesting thing to talk about. And we, we will see, uh, we'll see what they end up doing. I, I do hope Ross that whatever they end up doing, they find the five that they like and they roll with those guys 
because continuity is such a big deal at that spot on the field where those guys uh, do gel and they do get better with time playing with the same guy next to them. Uh, but Ross, moving on to to next week's game in London, England. The Packers have never played in London. One thing that I think is super interesting is two of the most prominent fan bases in the world uh, for national for NFL football or the are the Green Bay Packers and the New York Giants. Uh, Giants have a lot of fans out there. So I think it'll be interesting to see just kind of who, who comes to that those games. And maybe maybe it's a lot of people that are fans of neither teams just because it's an NFL game and they want to be at it. But, uh, Ross, I believe we talked about on Packer Report, the, the Packers opened up as a touchdown favorite. Is that correct? Seven and a half? Is that what it's at right now? Nine and a half is what it's at right now. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> folks were – uh, heavy because um, I think it opened at six. So there has been um, significant Packers money is basically what that means is f- there are folks uh, willing to bet on the Green Bay Packers and thus the books are uh, willing to take bets on teams that aren't the Packers as to uh, even that money out. And that's why it keeps moving towards green base because people saw six and thought it was ridiculous. And I get it, man. Like if God bless Joe Barry, but if Saquon Barkley's taking uh wildcat snaps in the second half, it's, it's probably not great. Not great, Bob. Well, and that's, I think that's going to be what we have to monitor all week again, right? Is Tyrod had the concussion, which I don't know how the NFL, I mean, I don't, how's the NFL going to touch broach this subject this year you know i think after what we saw last week with tua are they gonna be and not not and not, like, i, I want to be careful when i say this because i don't think it's being more careful i think it's probably just being appropriately careful with these guys and you saw it with even with adrian amos that's what was on my mind when he comes off the field and he's pointing at his head is the packers ruled him out pretty quick um so it'll be interesting to see what they do uh with taylor you know the guy who's was concussed this week. Is he going to play again next week? Having to do the international traveling as well could very much be an issue uh, for him, just like it very much could be an issue for Adrian. And then with uh, Danny Dimes too, with his banged up legs, like what if, I mean, there's, there's a non, there is a non 0% chance that neither, neither of those guys could go. And if that's the case is, I think I saw someone say Davis Webb. Is that correct? Is Davis Webb really their third string quarterback? Allegedly. Allegedly, we don't Allegedly. even we don't even we don't even know, folks. That is that is where we are at right now, uh, where this could this could legitimately be the second week in a row the Packers play a third string quarterback, hopefully with better results than last week. Um, obviously, a win is a win is a freaking win, uh, but whenever you're facing a third string quarterback, you would like those wins to be a little bit more comfortable, not in overtime as the seconds are expiring field goal kick. Uh, from the the Silver Fox Mason Fo- Mason Crosby, but uh, guys, that is that is going to be it for us today. Hope you enjoyed. We enjoy you guys tuning in every week. We'll catch you next week, and until then, go Pack Go.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.